Hello, welcome to Prince Track by Track. I'm your host, Darren, and today we're going to be talking about She Loves Me For Me, and of course, that is the number four from Rainbow Children, recorded early to late 2001 at Paisley Park and released on the 16th of October 2001. On the track, it is just Prince and John Blackwell. Uh, and it sounds like Prince is playing something like a Rhodes, but I don't think he ever actually owned an actual Rhodes, so I think it's just a keyboard sound. The track is 2 minutes 49. Joining me to talk about today is Ollie Brady. Hello, Ollie. Hey, Darren. How are you? I'm doing well. For a genre, I think we're going to say, to start off with, that this is a love ballad. Once we get into the lyrics, I think uh, I think everyone's opinion on exactly what the song is will slightly change. Yeah, Darren is uh, scaring me with this because I was like, this is a kind of a lovely song, Darren. He was like, wait till I tell you what the actual lyrics are about. I'm like oh shit what, what are we dealing with i mean let's let's say it's it's like there's an interpretation of most of the songs on this album which um essentially this is prince's divorce album mm-hmm. um and a lot of i mean this song is basically about his new wife the track before this was called wedding feast um which is only 54 seconds long and is kind of crazy um, it kind of goes all over the place, uh, which I talked about in depth. Um, and so this follows Wedding Feast. So essentially, this is almost like this, you know, you can imagine that this is the song that Prince is singing to his new wife uh, after they have been married. Yeah, that's, um, is that not what it is? <laughs> well, what it actually is, is a song about his ex-wife. Oh, no. And, and everything that Maite would not let him do. And everything that Maite nagged him about and everything that basically was wrong with his relationship with Maite. Ah. You know, across the album, um, you know, and this is something that Maite talked about in her, you know, her autobiography. You know, there are a lot of references to Maite. She's referred to as one of the banished ones, and there's talk of how she tried to tear down the digital garden, (laughs) uh, which one can can interpret as Paisley Park. Um, And here you have this thing where Prince seems to be doing like a, a kind of contrast where he talks about what Manuela, his new wife, will let him do and contrast that with what Maite would not let him do. Now, there was a, a thing that apparently Maite asked Prince to do after um, they lost their child and around the time they were getting married anyway, uh, which was stop spending all your time in the recording studio. <laughs> you know, you spend you spend so much time in the recording studio. I mean, he lived in a recording studio, basically. You know, he was famed. There was one point, I think, when Paisley Park first opened, where there was like a legendary recording session where Prince basically recorded for about 36 hours and they just sent engineers in and out to keep up with him because he just kept recording and recording. And, you know, people would kind of be on for a 12-hour shift and then they'd go and Prince would just keep going. Um, so Prince was known for recording a lot of material. That's how we end up with the vault, you know. Yeah. Um, the, in here, he he talks about how with this one I can be what I want to be. I don't have to live up to no one's fantasy. So he's starting out saying that you know, with his new wife, he can be honest. Obviously, now Manuela was also a Jehovah's Witness along with Prince, who had now converted. And there are some suggestions that as Prince became more, you know, um, more kind of spiritual. Uh, Maite wasn't willing to go along you know she didn't want to convert to becoming a Jehovah's Witness um, you know so there's a suggestion there in those first couple of lines that Prince is saying my new wife is more than happy to be with me in my religion whereas my old wife she wanted me to live up to some kind of fantasy Um, and this this is of course is where he says I could write another 300 melodies Uh, to her it's just just three. three yeah because this one, she loves me for me. Oh. So he's basically saying, Maite was trying to stop me from writing music. And with this one, I'm allowed to write 300 songs. You know, she's not going to say anything. I was just saying, maybe maybe this one's just really super critical of him. 
And he's like, here's 300 <laughs> melodies. And she's like, nah, it's just three melodies. You just kind of, <laughs> you just kind of rechange them a little bit, Prince. Come on, you're better than this. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, like, this is obviously one interpretation of this song, but I feel like the kind of, the messages are there. And Maite has said, you know, a lot of the songs in this album were kind of very explicitly directed at her. And this feels like the one that is kind of the most kind of couched in, like, you know, a kind of hidden language. Like, Prince is kind of giving these examples and you think, oh, this is sweet. Like, you know, he's known for writing lots of songs and his new wife loves him for writing those songs. But then he's got this contrast of with this one. And that that that's the one thing that kind of comes back at the start of like each kind of verse is him saying with this one. Yeah, with this and one. And he's yeah. kind of contrasting it because you think, well, who's the other one? Well, see, that's what I just assumed that as in he wasn't referencing Maite. He was talking about this one in particular as in it's a positive story about his new love as opposed to it's a diss track for his old love but now that you've pointed <laughs> out to me it's like really simple it's right this is from the album um the rainbow children yes which is funny because the only track that's not about maite in this one is the one that's called maite your giant bitch it's a hidden track <laughs> bonus track at the end every other track's about her that one's actually a about Hawaiian people in general. It's it's a terrible story. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, he says with this one I don't even have to comb my hair. I can wear what I want to went want to or nothing she doesn't care. Uh, <laughs> now, I mean, I would say that Prince's hairstyles through the 90s were fairly high maintenance. I mean, I imagine they were, know, yeah. If, yeah, whereas you know, it was tr- I mean, I would say the hairstyle he had around the time of Rainbow Children, his hair was kind of straightened and relaxed. That's not an easy look for you know, someone whose hair, you know, when Prince let it grow, would, you know, form quite a large afro. It's a lot of work <laughs> to keep that hair straight. So I don't I don't know that, you know, he's kind of saying that Maite didn't want him to have, like, natural hair or what the message is there. But, I, you know, I, I like this kind of, you know, he can walk around naked, um, you know. And, he, and uh, but the weird thing is he kind of goes, I don't I don't even have to take her on a roller coaster, see, because this one, she loves me for me. And I'm like, what? I don't know what the roller coaster has <laughs> got to do with. But I guess... You know, if if you were waiting for a Prince song cont- to contain the words roller coaster, well, now we have that song. He's ticking it um, off as he goes along. Um, I imagine that maybe maybe he doesn't. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Let's see what. Let's just imagine what roller coaster means. Either a, Maite was a big fan of Six Flags, and Prince just wasn't involved. <laughs> he just didn't like it. Or b, roller coaster refers to Maite's incredibly large drug habit, which Prince wasn't feeling at the time. <laughs> Now, clearly he was feeling it a little bit later in life uh, in a, to bad effect. Yeah. But um, at that time when he was Jehovah's Witness in it, maybe he wasn't. I, d- I mean, again, I think that maybe it's, there's sometimes there's Prince lines, and I've said this before, where it feels like he just puts a word in because it's got the right amount of syllables. So <laughs> it feels like maybe Roller Coaster is just something that he wanted to sing. And it's worth saying as well, like the thing that makes this song seem more sweet than it probably is is the music. Oh, God. It's incredibly sweet, Darren. We have, you know, like this this kind of very sweet piano sound and you have like uh, John Blackwell. I mean, it's a very kind of like, you know, subtle drum beat. Uh, it's very kind of like jazzy. Uh, I have a friend of mine who is kind of obsessed with grooves and, hmm. you know, to demonstrate this, he will do the, like a hand motion yeah. to demonstrate when something gets into a groove and this song <laughs> kind of gets into a groove very quickly and it kind of sticks there and there's a lot of kind of like little stop starts a bit, you know after the kind of verses and after the choruses and then when we go to like the the kind of the the chorus i guess i mean it, it doesn't kind of repeat anything apart from the kind of structure uh, which is when prince kind of goes up into his falsetto with the kind of you know in the morning um, and then later on he says and the night falls so it's you know the kind of two parts that are about 
you know the daytime um you know he he kind of there's kind of like a extra kind of keyboard that comes in and you know there's no like kind of solos or anything this is a very short song it's under three minutes he really nails that transition into falsetto a lot in this track it's like yeah does uh, normally when i've been listening to prince tracks they, they tend to follow the structure of he does you know maybe true three lines at you know his regular singing voice and then he'll hit a line at the falsetto and then back down to regular life this one he seems to be going up for like single words in the middle of sentences or the middle of lines or whatever as he's going along. Yeah. So there's been a few times where like this, I think I'm trying to remember which sentence it is. I just I have the lyrics up here in front of me, which I thought were sweet lyrics. And now I find out <laughs> horrible <laughs> bitching sessions, but there's one in the, f- even in the first, um, within the first two or three lines. Yeah. I think he goes, it's like, I could write another 300 melodies, but it's like, I could write another 300 melodies. And, that's not something he normally does on the tracks where yeah. it's just like a single word it's just like hi it's a, it's like it's the singing equivalent of doing a Christopher Walken impression where <laughs> you just suddenly change tone in the middle of a yeah. sentence and then go back to the rest I think also like the choruses are all delivered in falsetto that's how you know they're kind of the chorus yeah. they're kind of in the morning when I rise and see her eyes look deep into mine and then he goes back into his lower register for I find a better place mm. Um, and then, of course, uh, I mean, I guess Prince was kind of born out on this one where he says this one I can tell all my secrets to. I don't have to make her swear. She would never tell any who. Um, so I mean, obviously later in life, Mate did write an autobiography where she revealed <laughs> stuff. So, um, you know, besides I'm the only one she ever wants to see because this one honestly loves me for me. Again, that feels like a like a really sharp dig. It does. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, I, I mean, again, like you can kind of lose all the kind of Maite stuff and this just becomes a sweet love song to sing to someone um, where you're kind of giving a list of what they will do. But the idea of like, I don't have to make this person sign a non-disclosure agreement when we get married because I know she's not going to reveal anything like that. I mean, you know, I think the thing is as well, Maite, you know, when she got married to Prince, she gained a certain level of celebrity that I don't think, you know, you could ever say Prince's second wife ever did gain. Mm. Um, you know, and that was, I get mostly because Manuela was never really kind of in the spotlight. Um, you know, Prince was kind of mostly very low key in their relationship. Um, whereas, you know, he, he wrote 36 songs about how much he loved Maite and released it in like yeah. a giant album, <laughs> you know, like he, he really kind of drove that point home. Um, you know, and we get the kind of, the second kind of chorus, which again, like the chorus doesn't repeat anything, but it's just the way that he sings, you know, when the night falls and she calls, I run to her side. Because um, she's got the ride. I love I'd this. Like ride. I love this lyric. Now that I know, this is throwing shade at my. Day. It's like she got the ride. Then I like the ride. It's like oh, <laughs> and he does like to ride it. So you can imagine yeah. my day at some stage and him have this argument. She's like, I bet she doesn't do you like I do, mm-hmm. Prince. He's like, no, no, she's got the ride. I like to ride it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, again, I think is as well, what, what with Prince being, you know, more religious, um, you know, he's he's kind of dropped the the sexy element of his um, act. So saying that he that she's got the ride, I like to ride, that kind of like double entendre is as close as you're going to get to Prince going in any sexual directions as a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, especially um, when you, you consider know. the next line is, this one I can take over to my mom's house. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And um, the thing is as well, it, like he says, I don't have to worry what goes in and out uh, of her mouth. Like, uh, sorry, what goes in and out her mouth. Um, and like, 
it feels like there's like an in, there's a story behind those two lines where maybe Maite met Prince's mom and she said something and yeah. there was a scandal and you know maybe she didn't get on with her mother-in-law and you know um but then of course Prince goes all she needs is a little gratuity uh, she <laughs> doesn't like no beef he says that beautifully she just loves me for me gratuity uh, <laughs> yeah uh, I mean, I'm not quite sure what that means. Again, it feels like the roller coaster line where it's like he seems to just be going for a rhyme. Um, but again, the Prince, I don't know if he's using the beef in the sense of, you know, the, you know what like, goes yeah. on in the rap world. Yeah, but I mean, you know, she don't like no beef. Uh, she just loves me for me. Again, of course, this is the point which Prince is a very hardcore vegan. Um, did um, so, did Maita ever know. cheat on him? I don't think so. I think it was merely the fact that they lost a child and then there was a, a yeah. you know a miscarriage about a year later. I think that was what broke the relationship, but more than anything else. Because just reading reading that there, um, now knowing that it could be about Maite, that has the read like I don't have to worry what goes in and out of her mouth. So, yeah, you know, as in I, the out bit is her saying something to his mom or whatever, but I mean the in bit. I think that else, might be yeah. the fact that Maite was not as enthusiastic about being a vegan a as a Prince vegan. was. Yeah. yeah, so it feels like maybe she popped out to McDonald's every now and again without Prince <laughs> kind of, you know, went and had a couple of Big Macs because she was kind of sick of having like you know, tofu <laughs> three times a day for food. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and then, of course, you know, Prince, we get kind of like a, a little bit of a kind of swell in the music. And then Prince just finishes with this one. She loves me for me. And, you know, I love a song that finishes with a title. Um, yeah, you know, and and I mean, you know, obviously the thing is as well, all of this could just be my interpretation. But, you know, the kind of the stuff that's been said by Maite since this and kind of, um, you know, how many other songs in Rainbow Children have been kind of decoded. It feels like this is pretty much, you know, kind of three verses and two choruses that are a direct dig at Maite. Yeah. Actually, I'll say the choruses feel more about Manuela than anything. You know, Prince kind of just talks about how much, you know, he wants to, you know, look into her eyes and, you know, he runs to her side and all that kind of stuff. So that that feels a bit more like it hits him declaring stuff about Manuela. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Prince kind of I don't know if you could call it a mistake, but his public love of Maite was such a big thing for so many years that when he kind of got divorced, I guess you could kind of see that as a bit of a failure. Yeah. Um, you know, and then he, you know, he got married to Manuela and it was, you know, it was a very quiet ceremony. You know, there wasn't any kind of big glitz. And it was during a point when it was just before he kind of changed his name back to being Prince. And it was really at a point where he wasn't, you know, releasing music. He wasn't really touring. Like, you know, it, his profile was a lot lower. So I feel like their marriage was kind of. I mean, a lot of people, I I would say, probably don't really even realise that Prince married a second time. Yeah, um, I, I didn't realise you know. he'd married a second time. Yeah, um, so, and, and, and then, you know, within two years they were divorced. So, um, although by all accounts, Prince, you know, stayed on relatively good terms with both his wives, you know, up to the end. So even, you know, it, I mean, Prince was one for when, if he had a point to make, he would go and record a song, you know. Yeah. If he had a beef with someone, if he was unhappy about something, you know, if he was sad, if he was happy he would record songs. And so I can kind of understand how his bitterness gets kind of put into this song that sounds so sweet and uplifting. Yeah, it does. And <laughs> you ruined it for me. Darren. <laughs> That's why I wanted you to kind of, you know, figure out what the song was yourself before I let yeah, you Yeah, Well, on. I figured it out as, Oh man, this is about a fellow who's had a lot of bad relationships and now he's telling her, but then I realized the way he's in it, this one likes me. God damn it. Yeah. He's definitely talking to somebody who, <laughs> oh, I hate you, Darren Husted. Oh. 
It's like this thing of like if you did a love song where you're like, you know, um, I'm with this person and she's definitely better than you. But you kind of yeah. you're phrasing it like slightly differently. So it's like this sounds like he's declaring his love for someone. But there also seems to be some kind of contrast and compare going on uh, <laughs> during a lot of this. Um, you know, uh, but interestingly enough, you know, Prince had this released as like, uh, no, I wouldn't say a promo single, but I mean, I guess, but it wasn't like eligible for any charts or anything. You know, this was around the time that the MPG Music Club had started up and Prince was kind of giving away um, tracks via MP3. The lead single from this album was released on um, Napster of all places for free. <laughs> um, so, uh, But yeah, so it was just like it was just like a sampler CD that was sent out. Um, uh, and it, it has like a, the kind of the similar artwork that uh, Rainbow Children does um, and it just says you know she loves me for me um, on on the like the like it was issued as a single track and then on the sampler it also had the sensual ever after Rainbow Children and Digital Garden um, so Digital Garden is an odd choice because that's a song that is very much about the storyline of the album <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, so it's just randomly put me. it in like yeah yeah, she doesn't mean for me. Just doesn't really kind of advance the storyline, so it's it's kind of weird that um, you know that would be one of the, the ones that he would pick. I can kind of understand the title track because that makes sense, but uh, yeah, it wasn't eligible for any charts or anything like that. Um, it was just released as a, a promo disc. Um, it was also offered as a free download on RainbowChildren.com when the promo single was released. Um, so again, Prince kept setting up like single websites that just gave you one single track <laughs> to download. <laughs> Um, so it's just kind of like a very, an unusual distribution method, um, you know, that the Prince kind of used. But yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, for me, even knowing what the song is actually about, I still think this is probably my favorite song on the album. So I'd say five out of five because it is so beautifully produced. And I think John Blackwell's drums as well are so like it's not like kind of overwhelming or anything. There's just a little kind of like there's a little bit where he does like a little like a little rim shot that's kind of like just a fill before when he says i like to ride you get like that little rim shot it's almost like john blackwell he's kind of like that's a joke do you get that this <laughs> is like, a joke yeah, that yeah. prince is he's just joking here. he's joking he's... yeah he's just kind of like so there's little tiny touches like that that i think john blackwell does you know he was such a great drummer yeah um and you know he like every track on this album i think is enhanced just by the fact that john blackwell's on it so um you know this is probably the track that i mean i would say conservatively i've probably listened to this like a hundred times maybe even 200 times since Rainbow Children came out. It's just oh, one wow. of those tracks where even like whenever I had to pick like songs from the 2000s of Prince's, I pretty much always pick this as like the first song that I'm going to listen to from that period. Just because, well, it's under three minutes, so you can listen to it a lot anyway. Um, but I just love the production of it as well. Um, even if like the underlying sentiment is a little kind of bitter, <laughs> I yeah. think I think the way that Prince delivers it, it kind of hides it so well that you can kind of almost... You can almost feel like it is maybe a love song, but it's just kind of not. Um, I I like it. I I don't. I'm not giving it a five out of five. I'm not even giving it a four. I'm giving it a three and a half. It's good. It's catchy. But of the episodes that or to the episodes of the tracks that we've talked about, it's definitely the slightest. Um, and in comparison to Silly Game, which I thought was an unbelievably good track, I think it's. <laughs> And although having had you tell me that the lyrics to Silly Game meant something completely different as well, <laughs> I'm starting to think I've misread Prince completely. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to give it a 3.5 or 10. It's a really good track. It's kind of catchy, but it's the kind of thing which tomorrow won't have made its way into any of the playlists I have. And two weeks from now, I'll have forgotten it. Whereas yeah. the other, I think this is my fourth episode on now, the other four tracks or third, three tracks that I've done, all of them are in my regular playlists, just rotation at this point. 
so they've been added and I'll find them as I'm walking around the house cleaning or whatever suddenly um I'd be talking about pop go to zippers and stuff like and it's it's nice it's <laughs> or bet you by golly wow is banging in my ears like so yeah it's um it's not it's not up with those levels but it's still very catchy especially for a track that I'd never heard before and I say this yeah. every time and I talked to Emily after the last episode it's amazing how many Prince songs have completely passed you by and then when you hear them you're like damn that guy was good <laughs> like he's just throwing this out this is just like a throwaway track on an, an album that very few people listen to as you said he was messing around or playing around with different distribution models just to see what he could do and it's like cool <laughs> like this is, I, I wish that somebody else was as talented who could come along now and do the exact same thing yeah um, he only played this live once on the 24th of June 2002 and he only did the first verse before it kind of segued into another song. So I don't know if by 2002 he kind of maybe regretted the sentiment and he was just like, I'm not going to get into the whole song. I'll just do the first verse and then kind of move on, which makes it more performed than most of the songs on Rainbow Children because most <laughs> of the songs on Rainbow Children he didn't perform like after 2003. He kind of just stopped performing most of the songs. But that, you know, we'll get into that once I get to musicology because that's kind of his big comeback and, you know, he kind of reset his back catalogue at that point. So, yeah, I, if you'd have uh, asked me, I would have said before musicology that there'd been 10 years without a Prince album. Well, there was six months. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. It's like <laughs> yeah. so much of this stuff that we've covered is like, I did not know this existed, but I kind of like it. Um, I mean, the thing is, it's not like a bad album. You know, Wayne Bar Children is one of my favorite Prince albums, but, you know, it's just kind of lesser known. So yeah. I feel like we said about as much as we can about She Loves Me For Me. So uh, let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Ollie? Yeah, I want to plug Best Acquaintances. Um, it's the podcast I do with my, uh, my best friend, Emily Bennett. We only know each other from the internet. And... Um, basically we just ring up people that we only know from the internet from Facebook groups or whatever and we interview them just to find out what they're about find out what they what makes them tick so to speak and um, it's nice it's it's always a good episode just like everybody who comes on says I don't have anything interesting to talk about and then by the time you're finished you're like feck what a super interesting person that was <laughs> so every single person no matter how mundane they think their life story is to other people there's always something interesting about it. Um, and Darren was an episode uh, was a guest, and it was a very good episode as well. We found out all about his crazy movie viewing habits and stuff, and it was very good. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I recommend it. Go go listen to Best Quince. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast. So you can email us, not sure why you would, at Prince Track by Track at gmail.com. Thanks once more for being my guest here, Ollie. Oh, goodbye, everybody. And uh, I hope to come back some other time. And otherwise,